five, four, three, two, one. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the old school, new school yes, podcast. <laughs> Gross. My name is Will Charles Egan, and of course, we always have Chris Meekins. Chris Meekins. And we don't have a guest today. We don't. It's just us. The we, chair's empty. Yeah. We've had the past like three episodes, we've had all guests. And so I, I showed up today. I was like, all right, who's going to be the surprise guest? I almost had one, but I didn't. Are you serious? But I didn't. I mean, like, Maybe no, next week? No, I made a commitment. What we blew, uh, Our guest last week, Jamie Norton, mm. blew our mind. Yes, she, she wrote did. The book. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that because we have yeah. to get counseling. Oh, yeah. After that episode, <laughs> we both realized, oh, crap. Nobody's I'm, perfect. She, Definitely not me. Is she talking to me? Yeah. Oh, dude. There was a couple of times I'm like, did you tell her about me, Chris? Like, what is this? <laughs> The whole intervention bit, too, is like, this is secretly an intervention. Like, I knew it. Yeah. So we, um, we just kind of wanted to start off with just some of the personal things that we're going because, I mean, just like you guys, we're very much on the journey as well. It's crazy. The journey of life. So yeah. what is it that's crazy in your life right now? Well, it's, it's interesting because Jamie was here last week and she, I used to teach this back in Ohio. She would mm-hmm. do a seminar uh, for the weekend, and she still does that. And then there was a follow-up, and I've done the follow-up like right. 10, 12 times. That's what I was referring to. Nice. And, you know, the more I spent time with her and Joyce over the weekend, I, I'm like, maybe we need to do one of these classes here in mm. Sarasota. So I'm going to yeah. talk to the pastor and see if we can do that because it's it's really great work. Mm. So that's oh, one. Yeah. But then it, it becomes pressure because I, we're doing this podcast and mm-hmm. do a men's breakfast on Saturday morning. For, right. It's called Galvanized. I go to a couple other men's groups, and my wife's going to start a woman's Bible study slash uh, connect over coffee on Monday mm. nights cool. in the in the uh, in the next session, which is in February. Nice. And she's always had success with that, so I know that you know. Her success means that I got to show up and volunteer. <laughs> I also got to So I got know, that contribute. going on. But here, out of nowhere, and you know this, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the middle of uh, purchasing a car wash. Yeah. yeah working of course. The car wash. You know, as as one does. As one does. Well, you know, the, the thing is, with the world, and, and I, I have concerns, the world mm-hmm. going the way it is, all this information is like, we're going to live until we're 80, 90, 100 years old. And I think Fair I'm going to outlive my money. <laughs> a, I don't have a lot. <laughs> That's the worry. But B, it's like, you know, what happens if the whole thing goes to... Goes kaput. Kaput. Yeah. That's a better word than go. what I was going to say. <laughs> and so, so a friend of mine has been in the car wash business for years. And he's like, yeah, let's buy a car wash. I'll I'll show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. You, you be the owner manager and... and uh, we've got people, and so it's mm-hmm. supposed to go through in December. So we're praying oh, that the financing goes through. But again, you're you're like, okay, I I want to keep on going forward, right? I I right. just don't want to sit and be an yes. old man because you look at Jamie last week. Here's mm-hmm. you got this gal that's eighty years old that yeah. has an impact reaching around, uh, you know, all the United yes. States. She's got. Anyway, yeah, uh, and, and I'm an, not embellishing at all. No, and an energy. I mean, she you brought her to our campus on Sunday, and she was ecstatic, and she yeah, was very yeah, energetic and yeah. talkative. I'm like, this woman's great. Yeah. So it's all about living life, and mm-hmm. and once you stop going forward, right? What do they say? Once you stop, any uh, when a plant stops growing, it's dying. Yeah. And so, yeah. I really believe that as long as you're growing. Mm. 
But once you stop growing, you're you're dead. You're done dead. <laughs> yeah. Once you're yeah, I mean if you're growing, you're continuing to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's a taps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And here you are, you're like, I'm 21, I mean, I'm growing like a weed. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah. Yeah, so that's what's going on with me. I would uh, mm. appreciate your prayers, but uh yeah. and uh, you know, whatever. So what's <laughs> whatever. going on what's going on with you, man? Well, I mean, you know, I, I talk about it all the time, but I I moved and that was I think I was saying this earlier, the first big step in, you know, the next phase of Will Egan or whatever. But a lot of things have been or are in the process of changing. Not very rapidly, but I can tell that things are gradually starting to change. You know, I'm independent now that I'm living on my own with a roommate. And I have this podcast that we just started. We're on episode 16. That's crazy. Holler. Once we get to, I believe it's episode 19, we will be in the top 99th percentile of podcasts in number of episodes produced. Mm. A lot of them don't make it past 19 episodes. And we still haven't said anything (laughs) yet. We've still gotten nowhere. (laughs) Once we get to episode 19, then we realize, oh, we need to change something. We need to say something of of significance. Of merit. We need to say something of significance. Yes, and and but you're so, you you were asked uh, just this week to speak mm-hmm. at the church for the junior high school. Yeah, class. yeah, yeah. So, well, in Florida we call it middle school. Middle so, school, uh, but you know, junior high school was like mm, four where, years ago. Yeah, well, wherever you live, that's it's said differently. Midwest, I think, is junior high, but the middle schoolers, you know, sixth to eighth grade, the the youth director Jordan Brion, he's been on the podcast. He was out of town. And he said, hey, Will, why don't you come cover for service? You know, run service, give the message. I was like, okay, sure. And I felt very aptly uh, equipped for that. And it was probably the easiest message I've ever given. What did you talk about? Well, we talked about the churches of Revelation. So we're going through the seven churches in the beginning of Revelation where Jesus is referring to specific churches and writing them a letter. Specifically, the one that I preached from was Smyrna and Philadelphia, which I had no idea. The city of Philadelphia in the United States got its name from the Bible. Philadelphia was an ancient city. Had no idea. Seriously? Yeah. The more you know. But the... I thought you were smart. (sighs) Although I did read this morning, I'm reading in the Old Testament, Uh that's the city of Memphis. There's a city of Memphis Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Yeah, there's a lot of examples of that where you're like, oh... Duh. Was Sarasota in the that would be Old crazy. Testament? Not Sarasota, <laughs> Minnesota. Slightly different, but no. But the the churches of Smyrna and Philadelphia taught the the letters written to them taught really good examples of perseverance and faithfulness. Okay. And as I was giving the messages, I was like, "Oh wow, this is really easy." I don't know if it was maybe the shock value that I was back for the first time in a few months. Because I, I don't serve regularly at that campus with those youths anymore. You know, this is kind of my primary ministry now. Okay. And so I came back, and it was funny. They introduced me as a guest speaker. I've been going to that campus for, what, a decade? Yeah. Being introduced to the small group of middle schoolers as a guest speaker certainly felt weird. I was like, okay. And okay, so I, whatever. Yeah, I walked up there, and, the, you know, the audience retention was great, and I, I felt very equipped and well, you're really good. I don't know if you've yeah, ever heard well. Will speak other than here, but when he's out on stage, he's got all that you can. 
Mm-hmm. He has these like moves that I, for a white guy, it's kind <laughs> of amazing. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, I guess, <laughs> for a white guy. For a white you. guy. No, you've got these moves. And it's like, I mean, the kids, he's got so much energy. Uh-huh. But you you really work out your message, too, mm-hmm. so that it's, it, it's not, you're just not pulling it out of your hip pocket. Right. Yeah. Hip pocket. That was good. That's better. But yeah, I actually, you know, I, I write it down. Yeah. Well, what's really helpful is you write down the whole thing in, you know, long form, and then you trim it down into an outline. So that you just glance at it. You don't have to stare at it. But it felt very natural. And we were talking before this. uh, Chris was like, yeah, Will, you you have to not lose sight of the fact that you are a speaker and a writer. You are. And I can't disagree with that. I, I completely agree. It's like I really... Every single year it felt like I would have a new idea of what my career path was going to be. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Wait this. Wait this. But at the core, I've always had... Well, I also know that I want to be an, an author and a public speaker. Okay. And that has never changed. And I really do believe that that is what I'm called to. Again, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm, well, I'm, you're quick-witted, too. I mean, you I always got it. some smart-ass answer <laughs> <Remark>. for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I try. I try to keep this entertaining because, you know, I have to bring up the spirits. Yes. But, but, <laughs> uh, but no, you do. You have a, you're quick-witted. And, like uh, and I think that God's got a plan for you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but in the meantime, until you get a writing coach right, or, yeah. or, a, or a producer, a publisher, or a publisher or editor, editor, whatever or the term is, whatever it is, or a big break. Yes. Whatever my big break is. Yeah. For now, just remaining patient and obedient to what God has put before me. And okay. for now, that's this. That's awesome. And continuing to write and simple things like that. Have you written anything in the last couple of weeks? I have. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing. It's it's cool because now we, you know, have internet at our house, which kind of helps. For the first, what, three, almost three weeks of moving in, we had no internet at our house. That's like kind of sin. <laughs> it's a cardinal sin. It's kind of It's a vino sin or what do they call it? I don't know. Cardinal sins, like the top sin. But Is it was that- like... Hey, buddy, this is a primary concern. It's at the top of my list. And I kept having to like bug my roommate like we should probably call Frontier and get Internet installed. And it was hilarious because when he finally did it, his reaction was, all right, I guess. Like, what do you mean? I guess. Were you planning on not having Internet at the house? And so now that we have Internet connection, I can write. So you just sit down and just comes out. It just comes out. Well, I have an outline. That's crazy. You should see my writing setup. I have this huge monitor. It's literally about this wide. It's like three and a half feet across. And it's this super long curved monitor so I can split screen it. So on one side of my screen, I have my written outline for my book. So the whole thing is already written out in an outline. So I have that. It's all They're all scanned pages. It's really cool. It's called a rocket book. You handwrite it and then you can scan it and it goes up on your screen. Really cool. So that's on one side, and then I have my document that I'm typing on the other side. So I can refer back to the outline. This is what happens, but it's mostly up here, and then I just, and it all just comes out. That's a way of thinking I've never had. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. what are we going to talk about today? What do you want to talk about today? Well, we wanted to talk about making peace and beyond again. We wanted to touch specifically on uh, the first chapter and a couple of the specific days in it, because... There was some great stuff that we touched on. Yeah. I was talking with some of my friends, actually. We had a Bible study 
And she was like, yeah, I listened to some of the podcasts that you did with Jamie. And I really liked this. And I responded well to this. And I really related to this. I was like, all right, we could expand on that in the next episode. So here we are. Here we are. And, and talk about the shame thing. Because you, you, mm-hmm. you understand that quite a bit from your... Your personal experience. Personal. You can say it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I was going to say your experience in college. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Lisa. It's not about us. No, it's not that. It's college. It wasn't, it wasn't was, mom or dad. No, no. Mom and dad were good. Well, you, I mean, you went through <laughs> this when you went to college you, in your college classes, mm-hmm. right? Call me a reject. Is that what you're calling me, Chris? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Well, that I mean, that is just what you learned about in uh, psychology, yes, is that you learn a lot about shame. Are you on page 10 there? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the kinds of shame that we talked about and it was, so I titled the episode, uh, dealing with the past trauma, but specifically we focused on shame okay. and that was the big thing that we, we touched on because shame really is the product of the, the wrong way of thinking about sin. So when we sin, the devil's first trick is to get us to feel shame okay. and that will hinder us from freedom. And that is scriptural. That is, you know, you, if you want to re if you want to renew your mind, you have to be set free from old ways. You have to be transformed. And so to be transformed, you have to understand first what it is that you need to be set free from, which is big part of it is shame. Okay. And so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. I don't <laughs> for the record. This is all just. It makes sense to me, so I feel like I'm going to just say it this well, way. Well, again, everybody has it. Yes. At some, at some level, yes. you have to deal with some kind of shame. Yeah. To some, to some degree, everybody feels like they can relate. And it was interesting because when I was having that conversation, everybody else in the Bible study was like, yeah, 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 I totally understand that. And I've experienced that myself. Is It's like, oh, this is a universal problem that everybody's facing. Okay. Yeah. So there's different kinds of shame. There's natural shame, which is, you know... Our attempts to be perfect and independent and independent lead to our awareness of how imperfectly dependent and needy we truly are. It's just, you know, essentially, basically, we are created in a, a sinful, fallen world. We're naturally going to feel shame. And that's where things. she t- talked about where, I, well, on the weekend, she talks mm-hmm. about, you know, the first thing uh, is they, they ate from the tree mm-hmm. and then they had shame. Yes. And they covered themselves up. And it's like, mm-hmm. what does sinning have to do with being naked? But I guess it all ties together. Right. Like, I sleep but they naked. Had... <laughs> I'm not very shameful of it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but there was, you know, the first people, it was blame. And then Eve blamed uh, uh, Adam, yeah. whatever the guy's name was. Some guy. Adam. Mm-hmm. It's like, well... You know, he's like, well, she's the one that gave me the, mm-hmm. she's the one that gave me the apple. Right, it was her fault. And then she's like, well, the devil's the one that told me. And it's mm-hmm. all uh, shifting, blame, blame, sh- blame shifting. And so yep. they had shame that they were, they broke the one thing that God told them yes. they couldn't do. Yeah. So that's natural shame. And then we have moral shame, which is the result of our own sin. This is God's truth implanted in our hearts. Have you ever done something? Something wrong, and then immediately, you know in your heart, oh, yeah. oh, I messed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, this was not smart. As it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yes. There'll be times, and years ago, I was, I'm like, no, I've got a right to speak. Mm-hmm. And I would be saying something, and, and as, as it's coming out, God's like, stop it. 
stop it, stop it right now. And then I get done and I'm like, man, that was. That music in the background. I think we'll live. <laughs> I think it was a uh, ice machine. Oh, but, anyways. But I've, you know, you you have that that moral. Sh- is mm-hmm. that what that is? Moral shame. Yes, it's the. A lot of people call it conviction. Okay. A lot, conviction of the Holy Spirit. I know I've done something wrong. If you're in tune with your walk with God, not only do you know certain things from just reading the Bible, but you, if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit enough, I, f- I feel like it's pretty easy to feel some of those things. And obviously, you have to check things because. Our feelings are fleeting and our emotions are, you know, like waves when compared to the solid rock that is God's word. So if we feel something, it could be right. I would just say, check it with something that you know to be true. Okay. You know, the word of God would tend to be a good place to start. Right, yeah. right, right. And then where I think we might want to dwell a little bit longer on is number three, imposed yeah. shame. Yeah. Now, this is where a lot of people would probably put trauma in the category of because this is something that happened to us that we're not responsible for but that we we almost cling to it as a way of coping so like um let's just say your dog dies it's a traumatic event you're five years old for you that's the worst thing that's ever happened it gets hit by a car and or dad runs over it or dad runs over it and then he backs up over it and it's really disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you are so horrified by the, the fact that dad ran over the dog twice that <laughs> I'm really just digging this one. In. <laughs> it's a long start. <laughs> I swear. I it swear. Wasn't my Stick with me. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> but at the time, my only way of coping with it was putting the shame on myself. Because yeah. you feel responsible for something that you didn't do. And this is just... This can apply to many different aspects of life other than dad running over the dog twice. Right. This is something that I feel like most people have dealt with to some degree. And whether you know it or not, and if and if you truly haven't had this happen to you, that's fine. You don't have to feel like there is something wrong with you. There is definitely something wrong with you. Maybe Maybe you have been set free from these things, and that's amazing. But a lot of people do relate when they hear this term, imposed shame. And I think it's because of... You know, whatever traumatic event happened, a lot of it is from childhood. Uh, Some of it can even be later in life. It could be something as simple as social rejection. This is something that others have placed on you, but your only way of coping with it is to hold on to that for yourself and say, no, 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 I'm responsible for this. And didn't she say um, last week, didn't she, that, that was the only one that you can't control? Yes. How, how did she say that? I, I'm trying to remember. She's like, imposed shame mm-hmm. is like, because it's not yours. You right. You can't repent of it. You can't change yes. it. You can't do right. whatever. Yeah, you can't repent of it because it wasn't you that did it. You know, you're not responsible for it. And so for whatever reason, we we take that on. And so mm-hmm. in my house, we've talked about it before, there was uh, the, the big secret, mm-hmm. and that we talked about that earlier, but... The big secret was alcoholism, mm-hmm. and uh, and we had like this huge family, mm-hmm. and it was basically dysfunction. And right. I was embarrassed of that. I had shame of that. Yes. I wanted nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. I know my brother like would disappear every day, and he'd right. go to someone else. He basically lived over someone else's house. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a relationship with him until 
actually like five years ago, 60 years later, mm. we've, we finally have a relationship. Right. Because this imposed shame of what mm-hmm. was going on and yes. what, what had happened. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking around, you're embarrassed uh, because of some behaviors that happened in your house or right. out when, when alcohol was kicking in. Mm-hmm. And, and you took ownership of that. Yes, that's exactly right. That, isn't, that wasn't your fault. Right. But a lot of the times, and mostly subconsciously, we make it our fault. It's not like every day I wake up and say, oh, man, it's my, it's my fault that dad ran over the dog. Yeah. It's something that you don't really address, and it kind of sits in the back of your head, and it just kind of lingers there. And even though you don't actively think about it, it still very much affects your day-to-day life. It affects your actions. It affects the thing that you think about because you, you tend to operate out of those shameful behaviors sometimes. I, my shame was so bad when I was uh, newly married. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was still, you know, uh, you know, in my mid-20s. Right. If I was in a store mm. and there was a mother with uncontrolled children ranting and raving, mm-hmm. and I had to actually leave the store because really? I, I would think that people would think that I'm with it's it's like I in in the middle of it I'm like this is crazy this has nothing to do with you right and but I would just get myself so worked up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I would have to leave them choices like what 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 are you doing I'm like <laughs> I gotta go outside I, I can't deal with it she's like what was that all about I'm like right. I, I I just I had to go mm-hmm. and I didn't understand yeah that what it, the root was and so part of this uh, chapter about shame is understanding what that is. Mm-hmm. And in this case, knowing that, wait a minute, I didn't do anything wrong. Yes. I just happened to be in the room mm-hmm. and it affected me Right, to where I, I was listening to this guy yesterday on Ed Millett mm-hmm. podcast. Nice. And he was talking and he was like, you have, your memory has a memory. You you remember, you remember, you're remembering the remembering, the remembering, the remembering, the remembering. Mm-hmm. And it's so deep dug into your head yes. until you break free from that. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So, and that is a really good example of a root. I mean, and almost literally because it's so deep in your brain that it really is like the roots of a plant or a tree. And that's something that, you know, I've, I love about, I talked about fully live the the big thing that they discussed with that group was dealing with roots. And so in day four here of the book here on page 17, you have a lot of signs of a shame-based identity. And what was super relieving for me to learn was that when you have behaviors, uh, for me, I can point to a couple of these, perfectionism and overachieving, uh, isolation, Compulsive behaviors, fear of joy, some of these things, uh, dualistic thinking, legalism, religious Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. I'm really, really good at that. Yeah. So you'll look at some of these and you'll like, oh, some of them leap off the page. Totally do that. Yes. And what is is relieving and what is, I think, the first step to freedom is you look at these things and you think, oh, these are sins. Not, let's unpack that. So you think. This is the problem. These are, okay. these perfectionism is the problem. The emotional distance is the problem. These aren't the actual problem. These are fruits of the problem. So you are not responsible for this tolerance of abuse. 
It's because of a deep set root that much like a plant, if a root is deeply embedded in something and it's a bad root, then it's going to spring up bad fruit. Okay. So because of some shame that was imposed on you, something that you're not responsible for, this root leads to these maladaptive behaviors or these bad things that you're doing. And what is such a relief is it's, it's not your fault. This isn't something goodwill hunting no literally that's exactly it's like i was crying when they were doing that it's a psychological like way of teaching yeah is it's cognitive behavioral therapy this not your fault is such a weight off of your shoulders that you realize oh there is no condemnation here i mean it's literally in day three here there's a bible verse and and it goes to uh, i'm trying to think uh Good fruit can't produce. Mm-hmm. A good tree can't produce. Exactly. Bad fruit. Yeah. Jesus said that about the fig tree when he was like, "They will be marked. They will be uh, marked by the fruit that they bear." Right. Right. So in here in uh, Psalm one hundred three says, "He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities." You know, he doesn't blame us for the wrong things we do. As far as the east is from the west, as far. So far, he has removed our transgressions from us. Mm. So with this mentality, we aren't the bad things that we do. It's because of a root in us that we have these bad fruits. I love that. It's so relieving because it it takes a weight off your shoulders and you say, oh, okay, nobody's going to judge me for this. Because when I did Fully Alive, I remember even on the bus ride there, I could feel the enemy like, Speaking in my head, lying to me. It's like, oh, yeah. you're going to have to face this. This is the stupidest this thing is you've the ever dumb, done. Dude, this is so stressful for you to think about because you did this and you're responsible for this and you're going to have to come to terms with it. Yeah. And they're going to judge you and they're going to look at you a certain way. The very first thing, you walk in there, they're like, it's not your fault. It's oh okay. There's nothing that. here that we haven't heard. And you're like, oh, thank God. And then they tell you about this and they show you it literally isn't your fault. Like, psychologically and spiritually, it's not your fault. God separates the transgressions from you because God doesn't want to just deal with the fruits of these things. He wants to deal with the roots so that he can get to your heart. Because okay. God doesn't care about what you do. He just wants you. So let's, let's, go, let's go back. Let's take a step back or two. Um, let's say that we have male or female, young person, they're, they're 21, 22 mm-hmm. years old, and they were sexually abused, mm-hmm. which... It's going on. It's going on. There's a lot of people in your life that have been sexually sure. abused. Yeah. And so they, they, they have this idea, well, maybe if I wouldn't have wore this shirt. In my case, maybe if I wasn't drinking at, at, at this house, mm-hmm. this, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And so you live this life. So my story is I was sexually abused, uh, mm-hmm. assaulted, or whatever the word is, right. uh, when I was 12. <clears throat> The rest of my teenage years, I acted out trying to prove to people it was by a guy that I wasn't mm-hmm. gay. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because I'm like, this is like, this is what gay people do. This mm-hmm. is, and, and in my head, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying that that's where I was when I was 12 years old. Sure. Yeah. And, and so this adult man, and it wasn't 
gay. He was a sexual predator is mm-hmm. what he was. But in your head, you don't understand that stuff. Yes. So you're thinking, oh, I, I participated. Well, no, I didn't, but mm-hmm. we'll just say, we'll say that. So then for the next 15, 20 years, 30 years, you have this thing mm-hmm. in your head. Not that it's conscious because you kind of block it out. Exactly. But I'm acting out. Mm-hmm trying to prove to the whole world that I'm a, a, a male heterosexual heterosexual male yeah and then it only screwed up the rest of my life yes because I was using and abusing mm-hmm. people myself yes so a good analogy for this is like if you want to walk the the correct way of living is walking down a straight line but this sexual abuse that happened to you is a, a roadblock in the middle of that road. Right. So now for the rest of your every single day, you have to walk around the roadblock and you have to adapt to that. You got to go out of your way to act a certain way to adapt to this thing, this roadblock that shouldn't be there in the first place. So, and then these things start piling on. So you got to walk around the roadblock and then there's another one. So you got to make a zigzag. And so now what should be a straight and narrow path, an easy yoke or a light burden, as Jesus says, you've got this twisted path of your daily routine, of your daily thinking, and all of the things have been convoluted and it's all screwed up. And it's harder to just exist because there's all these roadblocks in your head. Whereas Jesus says, hey, it's not about the roadblock. It's the route to the roadblock that we can remove the whole thing and make this like Jesus says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Hmm. or maybe it's the other way around but you get the point i got it yeah so it's it's such a relief when you read through these things and if you have dealt with some kind of traumatic experience like that the first step to freedom is it's not your fault it's literally the goodwill hunting scene right and so and so um Cameron talked about it a couple of weeks ago when we had him here he talked about you're not able to process remember that Mm-hmm. Remember that part? Yeah. How did that? How did that go? That you're at the as a teenager, as a young person, you don't have the skills to mm-hmm. real realize what's actually going and to make the adjustment. Was yeah. That- well, yeah. So what he was talking about, because yes, your your brain. He was saying your brain isn't fully developed until you're about 25 years old, and when a teenager or a young person is exposed to something as life changing as pornography or that your brain isn't fully formed yet and doesn't know how to think of that. And it doesn't know how to adjust. It doesn't know how to get rid of that because it isn't fully formed. It's being introduced to a very mature concept at a very young age. And that's what happens with pornography too. Yes. Okay. Oh, with many things like that, this. So, so the brain. So the first, the first step is that saying is coming to is like, okay, wait a minute. What Jamie was saying is that this is, I can't repent for him or I can't, Mm -hmm. but I can say, wait a minute. Like you said, I didn't do anything wrong here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. I put myself in a bad place, but I still didn't deserve that what happened. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then start looking at what has it caused. And that's what you're saying here is, Mm -hmm. is the signs of shame based identity. In my case, um, it wasn't ever perfectionism, mm. uh, uh, but it was uh, tolerance. You were allowed to abuse me mm-hmm. up until a few years. You were allowed to be mean and, and nasty sure. to me. And, and I, we just had a conversation before our podcast where mm-hmm. someone would say words to me and that I was like, yeah, I guess yep. that's who I am. And it's like, oh, yep. that's bull crap. That's not who I am it's anymore. Not me. Yeah. I, I've changed. 
I, I would totally self-sabotage. I mean, I would mm. be going well, and yeah. I'd be like, I don't deserve this. Mm. I don't deserve this. Yep. Yep. And um, uh, an addictive compulsive behaviors and fear of joy. I've always been afraid. Mm. And maybe some of you will identify that. Like, I'm not going to get really happy because I'm ready for the other foot to drop. Yeah, don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. Yes. Don't give me hope. Yeah, because that's a big one. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There was a TV show that I watched. It was I don't know if you've ever heard of that Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. I didn't think. Yeah, this, yeah. Oh no, yes, no, no. Okay, no. Yeah, no. this is this is that new little school. green guy, the little green dude. Yeah, Grogu, Baby Yoda, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So in in season two of that show, at the very last episode, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. But it's been so many years. It's like that's too bad. I'm going to say it anyways. But at the very end. All, all through the show, what the, the Mandalorian, the main character, is like is they need to find a Jedi to get the little green guy to be trained properly. Okay. And so at the end of it, there's this, they're backed against the wall, they're in a corner, they don't know what to do, and then you see out of the, because they're in space, it's a spaceship, out the window of the spaceship, you see one of the X-Wings fly by, and it's like, that looks a heck of a lot like Luke Skywalker's ship. And you think to yourself, don't give me hope. Don't, I was watching this guy... Watch the. It was weird. I was watching this guy watch the episode, and he's like a huge Star Wars nut, and he sees the ship go by, and he goes, "Don't give me hope," because that's kind of the mentality that we have: is when you see a good thing coming, when you are afraid of joy, you think, "Don't give me hope." It's what's going on with the car wash right now. Yes, I'm like exactly. Don't give you me. Know, hope you can make a lot of money, and I'm like, no. Don't give me hope. No, there's a war going on in the yep. Middle East. Yeah, exactly. Atom bombs coming. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be all over. It's soon. gonna be all over. So you, you think there's no way that I can experience this super high high because I know what's inevitably going to come. And that's just what you've told yourself, even okay. if it's not true. Right. So the fear of joy is literally just the don't give me hope. But and, it, it was Luke Skywalker. And then the other one is we call it, uh, Jamie called it the double bind. Mm. I, like, and my wife would be like, you can't win, can you? Mm. Because yep. uh, you, you put yourself in this like, well, if this happens, then that's going to happen. And if this happens, that you can't win. Yes. And she's yeah. like, you need to stop that. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what we do. Oh, yeah. We put ourselves in a double bind. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you tell yourself, well, this isn't going to happen. And I know that this can't happen. So it's just like, this is just going to end terribly no matter what. Yeah. And you like you make up a scenario in your head. Where you can't win. I'm I'm super yeah, I relate to that a you ton. Know, you, do you know that one? I know that one. <laughs> See, this is this is what's good. This is why you're watching us because yes. you're so much better <laughs> than we are. You're like, just read the book, <laughs> you two dingle <laughs> Yeah, idiots. It's good for them because they, I almost said dingleberry. Dingleberry. Yeah. Freaking loser. Who still says dingleberry? <laughs> but you're getting just as much as we are out of this. Yeah. And it's good because I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you led me astray again. What were we talking about? We were talking about double bind. Double bind, that's right. What's interesting about that one is even when it comes to just bringing something up, when you realize that there is an issue like a double bind, like, see, I hadn't, I hadn't ever thought of that. And then I realized, oh, that really is a bad way of thinking. Even just realizing that you think a certain way and bringing it to the light is like, oh, maybe I should change this. Because had you never brought that up, I probably would have still continued to think like that. Mm. And that's just how I would have operated. But when you, you start to label and identify these problems, then you could say, oh, that isn't normal. You're right. And you just 
simply just bringing it to the light, you'd be surprised how much you can change. Just put it at the feet of Jesus. Well, at the end of the day, it really is what it is. It's, mm. But it's not... I need someone with skin on to talk to mm. sometimes. I, I mean, I talk, to, I talk to God every day. I write, yeah. I write out a prayer. But it's, it's like... So, so tell me, why would I do this with a mm. group of people? What, what is the benefit of me saying whether it's group therapy or mm-hmm. one-on-one therapy or why? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, it's like that analogy that I used when you're walking, you're supposed to walk down a straight path, but every single day you've put all of these roadblocks in there and you've just made your whole simply existing, just super convoluted and super complicated. So even from just a secular perspective, it's just going to make your thinking harder it's just going to make just waking up and having a daily routine much, much more difficult because you are learning to work around roadblocks and you're making your baseline super stressful. When you have all of these maladaptive behaviors or wrong ways of thinking, you're going to just have a harder time just doing your daily life. Hmm. And then from the spiritual perspective, you know, God all throughout scripture has always called us to living in freedom. He never wants us to live bound to anything. I mean, Jesus came to break chains and to crush strongholds. I mean, that's just, that is the gospel. Everything that we do from being saved to the point of dying is the first half of eternity. You know, the whole point of Paul's teaching was when he said, the new creation has come. You are He said this, you are literally a new body. You are physically made into a new spiritual being. And what he's essentially saying is you don't really go to heaven when you die. The first part of being with God is here on earth. You are in your first half of eternity right now. The second half is when Jesus comes back, but we're preparing the way for when Jesus comes back now. And so part of that is living in freedom. Part of that is removing bondage so that you can operate as Christ made us to operate. Mm. And so if you want to live in true freedom, it's not just because it's helpful. It's because that's what we were made to do. You're in the first half. of We we were designed to be in freedom. Absolutely. Until the fall. Until Adam and Eve were freaking stupid. Although if it was me and you, we wouldn't have lasted as long as they did. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so that's the thing. We never know how long they were in the garden before they yeah. Yeah. ate the forbidden fruit. Right. Who knows? Well, and so one of the things I love about our church, uh, Bayside, is that uh, they believe in freedom. That uh, The core mm-hmm. core book at uh, Bayside, is it's, it's called Freedom. And you do mm-hmm. it's a six-week, and then they do Freedom Weekend. Yeah. And in fact, uh, uh, Pastor... This is going to air on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Pastor Bernard's going to speak at our group on Saturday oh, about cool. freedom. There you go. And so, uh, so that's one, and they believe in that. But two, mm-hmm. the easy answer is that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. whoever you're tapping into right now, all three of them, all three of them, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Trinity, mm-hmm. they, that's the answer. Yeah, they will give you freedom. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just need to be in community, which is the mm-hmm. second thing that they preach over here, yeah. is that being in a small group, being in community, being in relationships, you find out that you're like, okay, I'm with these 
10 other people in my class that mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. You know, or wow. And that's, that's why uh, AA works. Mm-hmm. They have these things called leads. And uh, so people tell your story and you walk away, you're like, oh yeah, that guy, that guy needs AA. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But you, you find out more that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There's other people that deal with it. Yep. The devil has a bag of trips, tricks, although he doesn't have a lot of them. See, like three. Yeah. And he reuses them. Yeah. He just repaints it. And, and, he, it and, and he does them really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's like Will when he uh, dances on the stage in front of junior, <laughs> in front of middle schoolers. <laughs> it's the same three moves reordered in a, in a different way. That's right. And that's true. I have three moves. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out, Chris. My goodness. But all that to say is that... Um, we believe in freedom. Mm-hmm. We believe that there's a, there's a way out, like yeah. Jamie said. Absolutely. There's a way out. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling like you're the only one in this world and nobody knows about the filthy house that you were raised in mm. and that you're super ashamed of mm-hmm. or, the, or the abuse that was going on sexually, yeah. physically, spiritually. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the one that scared me the most is where there are people yeah. are raised in a home where there's spiritual abuse. Have you ever heard of that or i i suppose so what do you mean by spiritual abuse so it's like it's almost like you're the bible's you're beat over the head with the bible mm, and you're okay. like oh my gosh we're gonna go and it's kind of like that movie carrie remember oh yeah remember she mm-hmm. was spiritually abused yeah by yep. her mother i mean that's like I whacked see, out yeah. stuff okay yes but there are people that are like oh no you 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 listen to in the day when we were, when I was growing, my kids mm. were growing up, there was a church around the corner from us that expelled kids for listening to DC talk. What? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Because it was like that's 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 the devil. There's there's, oh my and so there it, it, it becomes so confined. And Religious. that's not who God is. God. Yes. This is. I I read it someplace. I read it yesterday in a mm-hmm. book. And the Bible is like looking through a mirror. Okay, I'm going to make this up. This okay, here we not, go. Here we go. The Bible is like the, uh, looking through a window. Mm-hmm. And we see the world, but we're seeing it through there to see the other side. And yes. this is what we see on the other side of that mm-hmm. window. It's that's a uh, good analogy. Uh, and so I'm like, that's really good. Yeah. I'm like, this is for me. It's like my my uh driver's manual in my mm-hmm. car it is not there oh my gosh let's underline let's memorize this section about the windshield wipers because right. that's so exciting mm-hmm. it's really there to teach you how to use the car and how to mm-hmm. drive the car god's word is there to mm-hmm. teach us how to live life yes and so but there's people that are like no mm-hmm. religious the israelites did not do yeah. anything on Sunday. Right. Sunday is God's day. Yes. Well, we're going to watch football. No! <laughs> you cannot watch the NFL because right. that's giving yourself right. to Satan. You can't, right. And so there's there's a rig- religious abuse. Mm-hmm. And so there's people that, and I think there's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's like the, the classic cliche of the, the homeschool Christian family where they're all super awkward and they're super sheltered. And they never experience real life other than their homeschool community. We're going to have to have an intervention in this homeschool. <laughs> you had a bad experience. I did. <laughs> I hate, No, I'm kidding. I liked being homeschooled. But it's just like everybody's idea of a homeschooler is like 
Well, there's people that are Awkward. really trying to go back to the roots, and they're mm-hmm. like, listen, the progressive school system, which right. they're correct, mm-hmm. is a mess. Yeah. And so, okay, wait a minute. Let's put it a little bit different because I got to clean this up for me. <laughs> when homeschooling first started, mm-hmm. there was this, what's that called? A, a, a label. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's using the label. Right. You are not allowed to use that label anymore. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. Because there's people and some pretty cool people. My that roommate's are... homeschooled. He's awesome. Yeah. 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 So there are some awesome homeschoolers. Absolutely. There are. Okay. I, just, I was just saying that that label, <laughs> right. the idea of the sheltered person that is yeah. re- raised in a right. super religious right. family. That's when the like the Bible thumper was taken to an extreme. Right, right. So there are those people that were raised, and then it's like sometimes with certain people, and I don't know if you've ever encountered any of them, but you can kind of tell with just interacting with them, like the they're put off by right. swearing, or right. you'll talk about. Tell us about that girl that you were going to date, and you told <laughs> no, her, no, dude, no, dude. <laughs> okay, we're not. We, we're not. See, oh, we're not allowed to speak about those kind of things. No, but there's always people that live at a level that it's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I mean, your life is miserable, and you can see it in them when you talk to them. Just it's like it's like I said when you try to have a, a normal conversation. Their conversation tries to skirt around certain things. It's like, well, I can't talk about this and I don't want to mention this. And it's like, Jesus doesn't call us to try to avoid those things and be super awkward and bend over backwards just to live a perfect way. He says, when you walk in freedom, those things aren't even on your mind anymore. That's what real freedom is, is I can just have a conversation or I can listen to just kinds of music that don't put me off because I know what discipline is. I know what true freedom is. And so is. we'll go back to this, mm-hmm. thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> don't want to get too far off the rails there. But but it's like, no, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And you were born to be free in Christ. Does mm-hmm. that mean I'm allowed to do whatever I want? To no, that doesn't no. mean. But I am free to be the man that God created me to be. Yes. And God... You're free to be the person that God's called you to be. Amen to that. It just may take some work. Yeah, sometimes it does. And it's going to take work. You're going to have to get out of yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to ask somebody, say, hey, I, I need some help. Mm-hmm. Or I'd like to try to do this together. Find someone you're faithful yeah. to. And step one is to ask Jesus mm-hmm. tonight, today, today, right now. Right now. Say, I, I need a friend. I don't mm-hmm. have a friend. I, I need help mm. understanding what's going on in my life. Yeah. Would you point me in the right direction? Right. And I'm I'm here to tell you and you too that he will direct you. Absolutely. He it's not gonna happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It may take two days. Sure. whatever God's timing is, but you you'd be surprised if you simply ask and you and if you truly believe even if you don't believe, if you truly ask and you you want God to show up, he will in a way that you might not understand, but it is perfect. And believe me, going through all of the, the suckiness of getting out of your comfort zone is very much worth it. And, and It's so, all worth it. And so um, one of the times that I taught this, we had a guy, I might have mentioned this, that, that was like, he said, I don't know if I necessarily believe. He, mm-hmm. By the time we were like at week four, I think we were at uh, forgiveness in the book oh, yeah? that we used. We were at forgiveness, and he's like, I don't know if I believe that God can forgive me or the others. And, mm. and, and I stopped the class, and I said, 
you might as well just leave now because mm-hmm. without God, mm-hmm. without Jesus in your life, you can't do this. Right. You can't forgive somebody without forgiveness. You can't move on without mm-hmm. forgiving people. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to teach you how to forgive. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm not forgiving that no good person that did it. Piece of work. Yeah. Mm. And so that's why if you're not a believer, become one. It helps. It tends to help <laughs> a little bit. It's a lot more freeing. This than is why the church, this is not a church sanctioned yeah, no, podcast. Absolutely not. Uh, any words of wisdom on your way out? Um, I mean, if you want to you know, keep fighting the good fight, it's a lot simpler than you think. You just... You, if if you want to ask somebody that you know is a Christian, just talk to them about, hey, what does this mean? I need some help with this, and it's oftentimes a lot simpler and a lot easier than you think. The only thing that hurts is the first step of getting out of your comfort zone, and then once you realize that, that wasn't so bad, right. the rest of it just comes right. super easily. God bless you. We'll see you we next pray, week. We're praying for you. Absolutely. Bye. See you. Mm-hmm.